Hi, we're here from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you learn about why sometimes you invent new words without realizing it, how animals mourn their dead, and how you can get better sleep by walking more. Let's satisfy some curiosity. There are a lot of ways new words come into the English language. You can put two words together to make a compound, like photobomb or humblebrag. You can add endings to existing words, like hotness. You can shorten longer words, like bro. But today we wanted to talk about one way you sometimes invent new words without even realizing it. And it's actually one of the most common ways for a new word to come into English. And it says a lot about our tendency to expand on the patterns that structure vocabulary. This process is called back formation. And it basically happens when you assume a word must already exist. So think about it. If you can compensate and speculate, then why can't you conversate? If a baker bakes and an actor acts, then what does a burglar do? Well, you might say he burgles, but that's actually not really accepted as standard English, at least not here in the U.S. It's a different story across the pond in the U.K. Back formation is kind of strange because there are words that are completely accepted here that were created in the exact same way by stripping the end off of a noun to show the verb behind the noun. Like, did you know that the word escalate was not a verb until after the invention of the escalator? And there was no verb to curate until centuries after the curator. Other backformed verbs include injure from injury and scavenge from scavenger. You see back formation turning nouns into verbs most of the time, but sometimes adjectives lose their endings to form new nouns or verbs. Greed actually was formed from greedy, and dits came from ditzy. So anyway, if you're a vocabulary nerd, then you can read about even more back formations in our full write-up on this story, which you can find on curiosity.com. We'll also put a link in today's show notes. This is all over office speak. Like, learnings... Which is my least favorite jargon term. And also ideate. Let's circle back and regroup on that. Oh. We can touch base. I'll reach out. Yep. Hey, we, can see, we can take this conversation offline. Yeah, just ping me. <laughs> Today, we want to highlight a new field of study that looks at a very specific aspect of life in the animal kingdom. Over the past few years, researchers have developed a new interdisciplinary field called comparative thanatology. It's the scientific study of death and dying in other species, and it should bring deeper insights into how animals respond to death. I mean, it's hard to see the world through another animal's eyes. Human grieving customs like funerals are distinctive and unambiguous, but what does it look like for an animal to grieve? The answer depends on the animal. But animal grief is a specialty of anthropologist and science writer Barbara King, and she says that it's defined by, quote, some visible response to death that goes beyond curiosity or exploration to include altered daily routines, plus signs of emotional distress, unquote. So let's talk about three well-known animals and what we know about how they handle death, starting with elephants. Scientists have known for a long time that when a living elephant comes across a dead elephant, it usually falls silent and spends several minutes investigating the body with its trunk and feet. A second animal we studied is gorillas. This year, researchers in Rwanda and the Democratic Republic of Congo watched mountain gorillas spend a lot of time with recently deceased gorillas they'd shared social bonds with. They've observed gorillas sitting near a deceased body, looking at the body, and occasionally sniffing and poking it. Some mourners also groomed and licked it. 
The third animal we'll mention is songbirds, which might be a more positive note to end on. Recent research suggests they use death as an opportunity to grow closer. In 2017, researchers from Oxford University followed a flock of 500 birds for the winter and occasionally removed randomly selected birds to see how the others would react. They found that the number and intensity of social relationships became stronger among surviving birds after researchers had temporarily removed one wild great tit from a group of their flockmates. Stronger and tighter connections are a silver lining, and it brings to mind the reassuring quote from Professor McGonagall from Harry Potter, which she said to mourning lovers after a character had died. She said that after the person's death, he, quote, would have been happier than anybody to think that there was a little more love in the world, unquote. Here's a pro tip if you want to get better sleep, try walking more. This might sound obvious or not that helpful, but as reported by Futurity, a new study says this could actually make a big difference, especially in older adults. And today's technology makes it easier than ever to do it. Believe it or not, this study published in the journal Sleep Health is one of the first studies to look at how daily walking relates to sleep in adults aged 30 to 60. Researchers looked at 59 people with an average age of 49 years old, and they asked them to take an extra 2,000 steps every day for four weeks. That's about a mile every day tracked using a Fitbit, hence technology making it a whole lot easier. And the study's results showed that people who took more steps that month rated their sleep quality as better than less active people did. Women reported bigger improvements than men, although the researchers say they need to do more research to figure out why that is. But either way, participants said they slept longer and better on the days when they walked more than they did on the days when they walked less. This research matters because more than 9 million adults over the age of 30 rely on drugs to fall asleep. And that's despite the fact that some of those medications have been linked to addiction, cancer, and other negative health effects. Some adults at this age can't get involved in high-impact exercise, so this is an excellent solution for those who can lace up their tennis shoes and strap on their fitness watch. So happy trails and sleep tight. How'd you sleep after the marathon, Ashley? (laughs) (laughs) I think I slept well. I also might have slept terribly. I can't remember at all. You still feel like you got hit by a car? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I bet. Before we recap what we learned today, we want to ask you to do us a quick favor. Nominations are open for the 2019 Discover Pods Awards. So this is the third year the awards have been around, and we need your help nominating our show for Best Technology and Science Podcast. Just visit discoverpods.com and click on the awards link, then nominate your favorite shows in lots of categories. We'll also put a link in today's show notes, and please encourage a friend or two to help. It's free to nominate us, and it should only take a minute. And today is the last day you can vote for Curiosity Daily. So thanks so much. We really appreciate it. And now let's recap what we learned today. Today we learned that back formation makes you invent new words without even realizing it, because you thought those words already existed. I mean, you can be overwhelmed, and you can be underwhelmed, but can you ever just be whelmed? The correct answer, Cody, is I think you can in Europe. (laughs) It's from Mean Girls. Get with it. We also learned that comparative thanatology is a new field of study into how animals mourn their dead. And that walking an extra 2,000 steps a day could help adults over the age of 30 sleep longer and better than before. I'm going to start walking right now. Out of this studio. Get out. Get out. Start walking. (laughs) Join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Stay curious. Stay curious.